0: It was like life was telling me to go down this path and start this, this fishing show. And at the beginning, I didn't think I could do it, and I was not very confident. But my life coach was saying, "You should follow this. This is your passion." And I was, and I remember saying to him, "You're crazy! Like I didn't me me doing a show. That's just insane. You know, I didn't have the confidence within myself at all. But then, you know." Um, he just said, you know, if you saw what I saw, Nikki, you would believe in yourself.
1: That was Nikki Sinden. This is Duggett, the podcast. To be excited, to run and fly, to soar with new rangers,
0: it all happens
1: here. When you trust without fear. Welcome to Dug your daily dose of vitamin D-O-U-N-G to increase health and happiness and everything in between. Today we have Nikki Superstar Sinden. Superstar is not her middle name, but it could well be, but it's not. But it, it's a superlative because she's a superlative kind of woman, and um, this is a enlightening chat quite literally even if you're not into fishing even if you're not into i don't know i don't know what you might not be into but you'll be into this because there's so much great to take out of it particularly with business with manifestation with gratitude with life coaches with ah just we go deep going deep fishing for the insights that will inspire and enlighten you. And um, it's an amazing story of Nikki's, when I first met her in the last year, I knew there was something kind of special about her story and and she just kind of gave me a few snippets of what she's done. And I found out she had this TV show, Addicted to Fishing, and I was really interested how she got there and how she was just doing what she loves. And she told me about this amazing new boat she got and she just thought about it and then it turned up in her life and uh, so many things. That have turned up in her life have just been things she's written down or thought about and then it's happened and um, working with her life coach doing her meditation each day having this fishing prayer um, there's all these little things she's done and whatever she's put out there it's just uh, life's given her back and more and um, working in the corporate world marketing but knowing and and doing these kind of sales marketing jobs but knowing she just loved fishing and then being able to believe in herself and kind of put some of those limiting beliefs to the side and particularly with marketing advertising and there's so many things we think that's for someone else to do or we're not beautiful enough or we're not talented enough or there's something that's limiting us from being it's, it's fear it's just fear there's an underlying fear there that we're not not enough and that's in all of us and so it's kind of dancing with that fear as my man tony robbins would say and Nikki dances with it, fishes with it, does all kinds of things, and, um, so I encourage you to listen, to be open. If it offends you, it shouldn't do But If it offends you, even the concept of fishing, then you should be offended more often, because, uh, often the people who hunt and fish are the most connected to nature, I think, and, um, I used to do a lot of fishing. I'm I'm kind of more into maybe trying to get into harvesting, I think, shellfish and things like that. But I really think a plant based diet is the future. But people do love fishing and hunting and it is part of kind of our culture and ancestry and, and it's really in comparison to what the commercial guys do in pet food industries and I mean the recreational people are usually the most sustainable people around and the way Nikki appreciates the water and the fish and and her life and her partner Matt. I love how she does gratitude with Matt um, each day and, and has all these wonderful practices in her life. It really is an, inspiring and I'm sure it will kind of get you sitting on the edge of your seat and wanting to jump out of your seat and do the thing you really love or maybe something that's going to have the most impact in the world. So uh here we go without too much more i'm trying to think if there's anything else to add Uh, just make sure you check out her show addicted to fishing Uh, coming out new season on prime shortly and all the old episodes available online too and i'll include her facebook instagram etc addicted to fishing in the show notes so if you're into fishing or just want to see nikki in action then you can check that out and uh, also apologize for my vocals being quite low, something with my computer's not quite right. But I've got a new sound guy coming in, so the quality of the podcast is going to be unbelievable shortly. And uh, I've got some unbelievable guests coming on too, but uh, the most important thing was Nikki's audio's spot on, and so is her insights a wonderful story and inspirational life. So think less, experience more, enjoy the wonderful Nicky Sinden. And as always, well not as always, but we've got Franco Hickey again playing us in and out for the intros and outros in the background there from the guy tree. So he's uh, worth playing as well. Enjoy. I guess for, for those who don't watch TV (laughs) or maybe a lesson to the fishing world, how would you describe what you do?
0: So I host and uh, put together a fishing show called ADOS Addicted to Fishing. Um, I go on fishing adventures and I'm one of the only females that host a fishing show in Australasia so it's a little bit different. I've got my own boat, I've got a seven and a half metre extreme boat, and I tow it around with my ranger, and I go all around New Zealand, and I fish for lots of different things, and that's just what I do.
1: Because, so you're a Mangawai girl now, have you always lived up
0: here? No. I, no, so I bought a house here last year.
1: Okay. Yeah. Where were you before
0: that? Uh, I was based in Auckland, but my family's predominantly down in Bay of Plenty.
1: Okay. Yeah. Cause I met you and then you 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 wrote about or well, you told me about this idea that you had of having a boat and you had this life coach and he and he said just write it down and mm-hmm. write down these things and they kind of and then you said a few months later you had all these things you had written down and you'd taken this advice of this life coach and I'd been doing some similar affirmation work and Listen to a podcast with this cartoonist, and he did the same thing. So I thought it was such a neat story. So, so can you describe how you? Yeah, yeah. How you got into, like why? How do you get a life coach to start with, or what made you?
0: Um. Okay. So, I've always been a wee bit spiritual. About seven, seven or eight years ago, I went through a really bad breakup, and a friend of mine suggested a friend of the family that I should go see. Um, his name's Bert and he's very spiritual and um, I started going and doing sessions with him and he just blew my mind, the things that he shared and the things that he told me that they really blew my mind and um, you know he picked up on things that no one knew about me and um, about my family and he told me my history and I was blown away and so I decided to invest some of my future within this person and actually start seeing um, Bert doing sessions every second Thursday for an hour and a half and I did that for a year and we really drilled down into all the things that I wanted to do with my life and we talked about just everything and I've always been into fishing and I, I you know I was that little girl that was always down at the breakwater with my little hand line fishing off the rocks catching sprats and then I progressed to blue mau mau and then snapper and then kawa and then kingfish and whatnot but you know it was just a passion of mine I love being in the outdoors and it was just it felt so good anyway so you know Matt Watson he he had a um, like a competition where you could become his apprentice and I thought this is a great learning opportunity you know I didn't have a lot of I didn't have that much fishing knowledge and I really wanted to learn more. I was hungry to learn more. So I applied to be his apprentice.
1: What were you doing at the time?
0: I was doing sales and marketing. Yeah. Yeah. So I worked at Vodafone and the New Zealand Herald and all that sort of stuff. So I got selected to be part of Matt Watson's Fishing Apprentice. And that was really cool. Um, I ended up coming third and was on a bunch of his shows and I sort of saw how television worked and from there i for the next couple of years i continued my full time job um but it kept coming at me in all these different ways and shapes and forms it was like life was telling me to go down this path and start this this fishing show and at the beginning i didn't think i could do it and i was not very confident but my life coach was saying you should follow this this is your passion and i was and i remember saying to him you're crazy, like, I didn't, me, me doing a show, that's just insane, you know, I didn't have the confidence within myself at all, but then, you know, um, he just said, you know, if you saw what I saw, Nikki, you would believe in yourself, and he said all these different things, and I, I honestly, I didn't even believe him, um, but it all started to fall into place, and it started to, yeah, it started to come together, and then, I said, okay, universe, well, if this is what I'm meant to do, then give it to me. Just give me a straight-up sign. Then I got a phone call um, from someone, and they said, look, someone else that had a fishing show, and they said, look, my show's Moving Channels. There's a spot available. I've heard that you've got an idea for a show. There's no females out there doing it. If you throw together a pilot, I'll put it in front of the right people for you. And I went, whoa, okay, universe, I can take a hint. And I thought, I don't know, I don't know where this is going to go. But... So I, I backed myself and um, went down to the Ramfilly Banks with a friend of mine at the time. And we went fishing um, with Aaron Sargent from Coastal Fishing Charters. And we caught a whole heap of pooker and kingies and, yeah, threw it together and made a show. And sent it to the network. The network loved it. They'd never seen anything like it. Um, and then I got sponsorship from a lot of people, a lot of different businesses in the, in the industry. And it was really, really hard to get going. It was, I had to, I sold my car and my boat that I had at the time, invested that money into it. I had to take out loans to get started. I bought all the camera equipment myself. I literally locked myself in my room with a desk cold calling companies to sponsor my show they'd they'd pretty much never heard of me definitely hadn't heard of the show um but I was asking people to back me and um yeah I mean in some instances we got three or four of the same you know industry type company that was keen um and then another you know it was really really hard to find a big naming right sponsor but I finally it was funny I I had to give Prime TV the first 13 episodes something like on the 1st of March in 2014 finished and done. It's the 15th of December and I still don't have a Naming Rights sponsor. So I've got less than, I've sort of got about three months, 12 weeks to throw together my first season, which I'd never done it before and I didn't even have a Naming Rights sponsor. So... But f- I'm so grateful for ADOS, which is part of CRC New Zealand. And they came through for me and they backed me when I was literally nothing. And they've been there since the beginning. And we've got a great relationship and they, um, they love what we do and we work really well together. Because
1: so. for those who don't know TV, the, how does the format of TV work? Because Prime... Get a show with Prime. Often these shows aren't paid. It's coming from the sponsorship. Correct. Yeah. Or some they pay some shows or. Ha-
0: yeah. So for some reason I and I don't know why, but I guess it's it goes back to when fishing shows first started on television. But fishing shows don't get paid generally unless you're the best, one of the bigger fishing shows and on one of the bigger channels, and you've got a lot more leverage. I guess fishing shows generally don't get paid by the network. And for some reason, you, it's very rare to get grants from NZ On Air or anything like that. They just haven't. And because that's always been the way it's been, it is what it is. So you need to go find the money for it yourself. So you've got to go to all these different companies and you've got to pitch to them and explain the value and give them measurable results and things like that. Um, and it's a lot more than just the tv stats these days you've really got to offer a marketing package and an advertising package and show what you're going to do for these companies and all that sort of stuff you know we drive our social media pretty hard we've got something like eighty five thousand followers now and that's that's been a really important um key objective for me is to get my sponsors in front of a huge audience of, of fishermen you know so so the tv aspect is one side of it but then we've got a strong following um on social media as well
1: and who's, what's your team look like? Because it sounds like you're a one-man band to start with, and then...
0: I do wear about 15 different hats, <laughs> but I don't do everything on my own. This sort of thing does not happen without a really good team of support around you. Um, I've got a guy called Dave who works with me. He's my operations manager, and him and I do a lot of the day-to-day stuff together. He's like my right-hand man. He's he's helping with the boat and the gear, and he's driving the boat when I'm in front of the camera, Um, he's helping me find the sponsorship, helps me with a lot of the marketing, we sort of share all of those roles, so, um, he's been absolutely invaluable, he's he's an asset, and then I've got Chris, who is my post-production manager, and he has a business, and I contract him to do the production, uh, the post-production, so yeah, so it's, I've got a fantastic team, Um, I've been working with Dave for our second season he's been working with me and with Chris it's been about coming into four years now so yeah you've got to have a good team around you even though we're a tiny tiny team and um, and then you've got you can't forget all the fishing legends that we fish with as well because of a lot uh, you know the show has evolved a lot like season one it was all about this girl who loved fishing and was very passionate but wanted to go out and learn more and so that was the theme of the show is that you know there's so many backyard local fishing legends in new zealand that you know they they do what they do in their area so well and you know they deserve to be featured for their passion or their love of fishing and their skills and just the little different tips and tricks that they do so i decided to travel around and tow my boat up and down new zealand and find these legends and feature them So that's what we did in season one and my knowledge grew and it grew and it grew and it was just time on the water and then all of a sudden I'm out there doing it and, you know, fast forward, we're coming into season, season four is about to drop on TV and online and we, you know, I'm doing a lot more on my own, you know, back in season two you saw me catch my first marlin with the legend uh, later Matthews and fast forward to season four, well, season three and I'm catching marlin for my friends so you know that the skills and the knowledge doesn't happen right away but it progresses year on year you know and I really push myself to do different things so you know it's not just catching snapper or catching kingfish it's also broadbill and harpuka and bass and blue notes and jumping in the water and spearfishing and doing a little bit of everything land-based as well and um, not just off the boat and you know, we've been, I've tied my boat all the way down to Kaikoura and we, we just do a little bit of everything. I don't want to ever become stagnant, you know, so.
1: And what's the, is there a big goal for the show or a, uh, does it just change month by month or?
0: I guess with, with what we do is it's not one big goal. It's, it's a series of, I guess every year is 13 small goals because we do 13 episodes, so it's like, you know, always trying to push ourselves to, to give the audience something a little bit different from what they've seen from us before, I don't compare myself to anyone else but myself, so it's like, okay, like for example, you'll see on the show coming up, uh, we've, we go, we fly down to Canterbury on a whim, I got a phone call from a mate going, Nick, you need to get down here, the elephant fish are going off, I just caught 20, Yesterday, you need to get down here. So we were on Great Barrier. We quickly came back to Auckland, parked the boat up, flew down, and uh, that next morning we were catching elephant fish off one of the Canterbury beaches, off Birdlings Flat, filming a show down there with with you know mainland locals. And it's pretty cool the autonomy that that what we do um, gives us. You know, like, mm. it's it's pretty special. So elephant fish, it may not be the biggest fish in the world, but it was something that I tried for about a year ago and we didn't get it. So we couldn't let that go to air. No one wants to see a fishing show where you don't catch fish. Um, so, you know, we sort of, it's lots of miniature goals. You know, getting an elephant fish was very special for me because it was something I wanted to do for a while.
1: Yeah, has it been, because often it's, while well, I walked into the lounge and you've got this uh, world record swordfish you just <laughs> caught recently and a replica of that up on the, yeah. the TV which <laughs> I've got a photo of it it's uh, quite the sight but is there has there been a highlight from the show was it just seeing the first one on air was it was it was it filming a particular episode or getting to a certain place or meeting a particular person that's Um, Is anything that's really stood out Or it's all been
0: No there's been so many moments To be honest it's hard to say Like you know there's been big and small moments Uh, You know seeing Friends of mine And guests on the show catch Their first fish is always very very special Um, In the new season you'll see us fishing With a little boy called Luca And he's catching kingfish And it's just, he literally turned to me and said Nikki this is the best day of my life (laughs) I was just like I melted My heart was just like oh But then you've got those days where, you know, like we've got really special days, really, really special days where you go out on the water and everything just lines up. I mean, there's plenty of days where it doesn't line up, but those days where it does just makes you feel so grateful, just so blessed. You know, we went out, we got up at 4am one morning and we beach launched off Ahipara and um, we headed out and... We caught a bluno, uh, blue nose and a little pup baby bass on daybreak at like 6am. It was freezing cold. It was just nearly a year ago and we we're on deadline to get these episodes through to prime and we we're sort of freaking out because it was really hard to identify different weather gaps at that time of the year. And we ended up, um, yeah, we, we ended up getting a blue nose, a bass, a gemfish. And then we thought, right, we'll just try for a sword. And so we, I put the line down. I turned to the camera and said, now we hurry up and wait, because with swordfishing men, you can be waiting a long time. I literally said that to the camera. I turned around, walked into the cabin, and then I heard the line go, tuk, 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 tuk. and I was like, no way. And we were hooked up. And within 20 minutes, we had a 150 kilo swordfish inside the boat. <laughs> it never happens. <laughs> and to get that on camera was very special. Yeah.
1: Yeah, do you feel the need to have a camera with you at all times now? Yes. Because <laughs> you're just up on a trip and you think...
0: Yeah. Uh, th- there's been plenty of those days where we don't have a camera, mm. you know? Like, for example, um, a friend of mine, Marty Benson, he's an amazing land-based fisherman, and he rang me um, in, I think it was April last year or the year before. Anyway, he rang me and said, Nick, you've got to get up here. It- it's got to be firing on Monday. It's just, it's going to be mint. Bring a camera in. And I said, oh, Marty, I've just finished filming. Like, there's not really any budget left to keep filming when we've got a bit of a break, you know. And he said, well, you need to get up here and bring, bring your phone, bring anything. It's going to be going off. And I was like, okay, cool. So um, we went north and with a friend of mine and we went land-based fishing and he was right. I caught a 24-pound snapper. She caught a 22-pound snapper, I think. And all the fish were between 15 to 20 pounds. And it was just like, boom, fish after fish after fish, off the off the rocks, and it was just amazing. It was one of those days, I was just absolutely kicking myself, going, why didn't I bring a cameraman? I should have listened to him. And there's other days, you know, where the cameraman's coming up the next day, but I just got to do a bit of a recce mission the day before, and Dave and I would hit the water and we caught a 120 kilo striped marlin and a 20 kilo yellowfin off the west coast, which, you know that's pretty cool yeah. for the west coast and then you know the next day the cameraman arrives and i'm like right i know where the fish are let's go there nothing dead <laughs> nothing don't get an episode it's just like oh so it makes those days where you do get what you're trying to target a lot more a lot more special
1: mm-hmm. the uh, like in the off season or what i like doubt today what's the what's the routine for you or what keeps you like you've got this life coach, do you you still try and check in with Bert mm-hmm. every couple of weeks, or is there is there some kind of format? Because when you're all over the place chasing yeah. fish, um, how do you keep grounded or keep?
0: So I um personal little things that I do is like I do meditation, and I I like to do my fitness, so that keeps me really grounded. I because I work from home, if we're not away filming and traveling, I like to get up out of bed around 6 30 7 o'clock and just get out so I like to go out for a run and just get out and move my body it feels it feels good to sweat and exercise you know and then I come back and I'm ready to start my day and I might do a bit of meditation
1: what kind of meditation would you do
0: uh I do transcendental meditation oh
1: okay so you did I've, the team course yeah, yeah I
0: did the team course and that was pretty good that's yeah it's it's very it's very special and I try and check in with Bert although to be honest lately I haven't been that good if he's listening he's, <laughs> he'll tell me off but um I did Bert's, Bert's a very special person and he's um he's he's incredible he'll blow your mind you um yeah he's amazing I can't really say enough but I don't do sessions with him all the time anymore but um but he's always sort of there in the background and if I need him I know he's there you know
1: was there any piece of advice that he's given you that you that's anything that stands out in particular? Is it that if you you know, I saw what if you could see what I see, is there anything else like that or anything that comes to mind?
0: Um the thing the things with Bert that I, I learned. I, I've learned so much because I've been doing work with him for like seven or eight years. And I find that this is getting quite deep. But I find that when you do the internal work on yourself, your whole world around you changes. And, you know, like I'm a strong believer in manifesting and affirmations and things, and that you can create what you want in your life. Um, and so Bert has helped me refine those skills and figure out how to do that. And, you know, I never used to be as patient as what I am these days. I used to sort of just rush through life. And so Bert's taught me some really invaluable skills like... Patience. Patience, I don't think it's something that you're born with. It's something that you learn to do and you exercise, you know. And things like unconditional love, you know, and just to love yourself and things like that. He, he helps ground me and teaches me those sorts of things. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of stuff that Bert has shared with me. And it's very, um, it's, he's very grounding and humbling.
1: Is there, is there one, like with the affirmations, is there a technique or a way that you like to do it? Or is there, is there, are there some, do you write down your goals? Do you, do you try and visualize things? Is there any specific techniques you, you try and use?
0: Yeah. Um, so there's a few different things that I do. Like, for example, there's part of your, um, part of your vocabulary, words to cut out is important like instead of i like this okay so (laughs) instead of me saying i'm going to tell you something i'm going to share something with you it's it's a more open way of saying it it's a lot more warm it's it's not like i'm telling you it's not like i'm yelling at you i'm sharing um and it you know instead of there's lots of little things that bert's shared with me over the years (laughs) um trying to think of other examples and yeah, and I don't know, it's, it's, it's a very, very special thing to have a spiritual life coach, yeah, I try not to go too much into it, but, because I don't, I, if you haven't, if you're not that way inclined, it it may be hard to understand, but, you know, Bert, I'll, I'll give you an example, Bert gave me a fishing prayer, right, so, it's a prayer to, like, the fishing gods, And my film crew, sometimes they laugh at me because I make them say it. (laughs) Like, for example, um, March 22nd this year, we took my boat out and we decided to film an episode which was just Dave who works with me and my friend Matt Halliday and my cameraman and I, so it was the four of us, and I said, right guys, put on the Red Hot Chili Peppers, can't wait. And we're just amping and just in the mood for a mission and I said right guys we're going to go get a, a sword for the new boat first time sword fishing in the new extreme 795. So we headed out of Whangaroa harbour and we'd never actually fished out of Whangaroa before it was very there was a there was an airy but exciting excited feeling in the air that morning and um, a friend of mine Captain Phil he had shared some marks with us because it was like this. It was like this circle of, of good energy throughout the whole week. To be honest, because we'd gone to Whangaroa, we'd filmed this episode with Luca Farmelo and his dad, and we got him some kingfish and he had quote the best day of his life. And we stayed at their batch, and Jason the dad was so grateful and appreciative that he ended up saying, "Look, you can stay at our batch for the whole week." And so, you know, we we're, we're on a small budget, so that we were blown away with that beautiful offer and so thanks to Jason and Hayley letting us stay at their batch we thought oh we'll try for a sword out of Whangaraa never done that before try a new area then the next day we saw Captain Phil and he was looking for some bait and so I said oh well I've got a whole heap of sword baits you can have some and he was so appreciative because those particular baits were like gold so it gave him some baits he went out he got a sword his first sword for the new boat came in, was on an absolute high, he said thank you so much for being so generous. Here's the spot that we caught it on. And I went, oh thanks. I've never fished out a fungal roll before. So, you know, more good energy going around. And then we head out on the water and we're feeling really good and I gave Dave, Matt and my cameraman and I the prayer that Bert had given me. And they all kind of some of them rolled their eyes and said, oh Nicky, you know, but I said, no no no, let's just let's just all say it together. Mm. Then I want you to close your eyes and visualize, and then visualize catching this fish. I said, seriously, just try, just try it. And I made them do it, and everyone kind of laughed. But they did it, and uh, we all did it. And then I texted Bert and said, hey, my whole team and I have done it. And Bert said, okay, I'll do it with you this morning. So Bert did it with me. Now, second draw, I kid you not, I got a 361 kilo world record broadbill. It's the one that's in my lounge right now. It's the heaviest broad ball ever caught by a woman. Now, you know, I'm not saying it was all down to the prayer. But there is a certain type of magic and it's proved itself to me over and over. And I honestly believe, I'm not a specifically religious person, but I believe in good energy. And I do believe that Jason and Hayley sharing their batch with us, Captain Phil sharing that spot with us, us taking Luca out to get his kingy, us giving to Captain Phil with the bait, it all goes around, you know, and if you're focusing on the positive and you're doing good things and, you know, you're not focusing on what you don't want, you focus on what you do want, it's it's a circle of energy.
1: Yeah, that's so great. I think that's just like a manifesto for life. <laughs> yeah,
0: and you know, this is the sort of stuff that I learn with bird. And, you know, sometimes throughout the season you might hear, if I get a good fish, like, we went all the way out to the Wonganala Banks 400 miles offshore, it took us two days to get there nonstop. stop We literally went there on a hunch. We were like, we think there's going to be yellowfin here. But it was at the time of the year when none of the boats ever go there and we were just like, please be there crossing our fingers for two days straight we got there and I got a 78 kilo yellowfin and I literally just turned to the camera and said thank you universe (laughs) it's yeah it's if you're not spiritual it might be hard to get your head around that but if you are spiritual you'll you'll it will resonate with you you know
1: I mean for me it's kind of I guess realizing there's so much more than meets the eye if you look at just science and you think we're all just energy like even uh tesla would say he said if you look at life it's just just measure it by energy they said there's some kind of quote along that line like everything's just atoms and protons and Mm. energy flowing around and 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 there's heaps of cliches in yoga the yoga world or and from famous writers and philosophers and you think you think it's so cliche but it's so true and and this idea of energy and um, believing and manifesting something—it's uh, it's really neat. Mm. And have you got along those lines? Is there are there some goals for your show going forward? Now that are there things you want to create outside of the show or? Um,
0: we do have some. I do have another TV show idea that we're working on. I don't really want to give too much about that away, but we do have some really exciting stuff ahead of us. We are about to finish filming for season four, which is what's about to hit TV. And, you know, we for this season, something really exciting is that we've gone overseas for the first time with the show. We were lucky enough to film with um, Steve Campbell, who is an incredible fisherman gosh i was when i bumped into him at smart marine i was like a kid in a candy store i couldn't believe i was face to face with such a fishing legend i was just like Mm -hmm. starstruck completely he is one of my fishing idols i had read his book blue marlin magic and it was you know it was very special and so to fly to be invited to fly over to tonga Vavau and fish with him for blue marlin and get my first blue marlin And my second blue marlin with Steve was just like, I just couldn't even like, couldn't even fathom I was just so excited. Um, So we've got some cool things that we've done that people haven't seen yet. So I'm really excited. So that's, it's almost like that is a goal of mine that I haven't been able to share with anyone yet. So that's something exciting that's coming up in the new season. Uh, But things moving forward, I mean, gosh, I would love to get a um, blue fin out of grey mouth this uh this winter that's something I'd love to do I'd love to I mean yeah there's so there's still so many fish I haven't caught and so many people I haven't fished with and you know it just it never stops there's so much to do and it's so exciting because every single episode that we do is like a different miniature adventure you know
1: yeah yeah that's got to be neat to have well, I guess it's your passion. It's something you're excited about, and then you get to share it. I remember Tony Robbins saying we, we get better at something so we can share it. And so you're getting, you're getting better at your fishing, getting better mm. stories, going more adventure, adventurous trips. Yep. So then you've got something even better to share. Yeah, and
0: um, it's, the thing is about what I do is you've got to give credit where credit's due. It's not... Uh, it's, it's not always focusing on me. It's it's about the people I'm fishing with. And it's telling their story. Or even if it's someone that's never caught a fish before, it's sharing their excitement. You know, so there's different levels of things that we do on the show. And yeah, it's pretty exciting. And I'm grateful because I'm in a really fortunate position where I've got brands that want to be part of what, what I've created and want to, you know, that actually back... The show, because without the sponsors it wouldn't even happen at all mm. you know because like i said before the network doesn't it's not um it's not a it's not it's not like shortland street <laughs> when we get funding it's not like that so um it's 100 percent sponsor driven and you know i'm super grateful for the support that i get
1: and what about out outside of fishing because uh you're talking about planning your wedding now and mm. and are there other other hobbies or passions or things in your life which, which kind of balance out the fishing too
0: I wouldn't say balance <laughs> <laughs> okay, <yeah. laughs> um, but my love my the love of my life Matt he's amazing we met when I was overseas last year we just bumped into each other and I had this like weird vision of walking towards him Down the aisle, and I just knew straight away that he was the man I'd be marrying.
1: Oh wow! How'd you? Where'd you meet?
0: Um, over in Niue. Neway. Yeah, and it was like this. It was literally like love at first sight.
1: Both on a fishing trip. No.
0: Uh Matt was working as a builder over in Niue, and we met, and then we've literally been inseparable since. And he proposed this year, and so we'll we'll get married next year. Yeah, it's very it's a very special special bond. Yeah. So I'm very, so that's on the horizon, which is exciting. That's the
1: big catch. That's the real. He's the biggest.
0: You know what people say to me? Oh, your world record, that must be your biggest catch. But Matt's my biggest catch. He's the best catch. Yeah, I've ever got. Cute. Um, <laughs> cheesy, but.
1: No, I remember this Landmark Forum course I did. It was interesting a few weeks back. And they said your quality of your life is your quality of your relationships. Mm-hmm. And that that just one message kind of struck like, the people you spend your time with and how amazing to have a partner or someone else on your team to talk to about ideas and share mm. what's going on in your life is.
0: It's uh, pretty cool. Like, Matt's very supportive of what I do. He doesn't try and hold me back, and I'm supportive of what he does as well. He's just started business, started his own building company, and he's doing really well. And, you know, um, he likes fishing as well, which is really important. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he's, yeah, and he's, he, he, you, I wouldn't call him, when we met, he wasn't spiritual per se, but he, he once said to me that, um, the things that I'm sharing with him in a spiritual sense is, like, a room inside himself that he'd never actually been into before, so, like, for example, we send each other gratitudes, so, you know, we might say just things that we're grateful for. So I'm grateful that I have a healthy um, healthy body that lets me run and exercise and gets me from A to B every day. Just be grateful. Just be grateful for the little things as well as the big things. I'm grateful that I've got this incredible opportunity where I get to live my passion and, you know, I'm just so grateful for that. But I'm also grateful that I'm breathing and that I'm, you know, I get to live in the most beautiful Beautiful seaside town Mangawai, and you know, I
1: said uh, too loud, Nikki. <laughs> I know, yeah.
0: No Mangawhai is no good, guys. You don't want to move here. It sucks. No, um, you know, it's it's so it's it's sort of we get each other on that level, which is very important to me. Um It would I, I just don't know if I could connect um, with a partner in a long term capacity if they didn't understand the spirit, spiritual side of things because. I'm so that way inclined, if you know what I mean. You know, I just, you know, I just believe so strongly in good energy, you mm. know, mm. No. and intuition, you know.
1: Yeah, and that's the that's the thing I got from you when I first met you. I thought, I was like, well, she's you're considering things from a bigger perspective, and and trusting and believing in all these, mm. um, yeah, and it's powerful what you attract when you do that um, and your passion and, and yeah, your pleasure to be around um,
0: thank you and
1: outside of fishing is there any other hobbies that, were there any other like if you weren't if you were a fishing star presenter what would
0: well then I'd be fishing every weekend on my <laughs> own literally <laughs> yeah would literally, you be working a job
1: to pay for you to fish that's exactly
0: what I, what I did for years yeah. I literally I saved up for three two and a half three years bought myself a boat The boat kept breaking down. I kept getting into trouble out there. My dad was like, "Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna loan you some money to get you a better boat because I want you to be safe." This is when I was a bit younger, and so, um, I got a boat, and then you know my first long term relationship, him and I would take either his boat or my boat, and we would just literally we'd work in Auckland at our nine to five jobs, and then at five o'clock on a Friday we'd leave Auckland and we'd either go north or go down to Coromandel, and we would just fish all day Saturday, most of Sunday, and then drive home late Sunday night or sometimes even Monday morning. Then I'd come in to my corporate job on the Monday morning and I'd share all this fish. Although the old ladies that I worked with that didn't that weren't physically able to get out there and fish. So it became like this fish ferry every Monday morning where I was sharing fish okay. in the office. But um, so that was really cool. But basically if I'm not if not if I if I wasn't doing this then I would be doing another job to pay for the fishing that I would be doing on the weekends. So, yeah. I don't really have the time or the money to do any other passions because, um, I don't know, it's just all I really think about is fishing. <laughs> it
1: reminds me of that movie, jara Dreams of Sushi. Yeah. All really he does is dream of sh- uh, sushi. I and literally
0: dream about swordfish. Yeah. I've dreamt about swordfish for the last two nights in a row. <laughs> and, like, even in my dreams, I have these spots that i go to and i own they don't actually exist in the real world but they exist in my dreams and i've been there many times it's crazy i have crazy dreams
1: yeah it's fascinating how dreams work uh, well who knows how our brains even work but obviously yeah, tapping into and trying to manifest that the things you want to create but is there um because i love the story about creating your business and, and yeah. i think so many people are in that position when they've got something that kind of Love to do, but they're having to do this other thing to pay for it. And is there any kind of piece of advice that someone's listening to this in the nine to five and they really love running or cross stitch or they want to make the world's best muffin or <laughs> be a food writer or?
0: Yep, I've got some advice. Back yourself. Back yourself. Do whatever you have to do to put yourself out there. Find a unique proposition. And just do what you have to do. I literally, I borrowed five grand. And I made this little pilot. Which never actually saw TV. But um, I basically, you know, I just backed myself. And I just kept manifesting. I literally went around my whole house. And I wrote on all the windows and the mirrors. And my flatmate's fish tank. What did I actually write? It was like... Addicted to fishing, and I would write different names at the beginning of it. It would be it would be like addicted to fishing is on Prime TV when I wanted to be on Prime, and I was literally every time I walked past it, I would just say it. I was manifesting it, creating it, putting it out there. I said it to my flatmates every time you walk past it or every time you see it, you gotta say it. And so all of us would just be saying it, saying it, saying it, and it's just like imprinting it out there, you know. Um, but yeah, it was. Just back yourself. Give it a go, you know. You you work a full time job from the age of, you know, being a teenager through to sixty-five. You may as well utilize that time in your life to do something that you are passionate about. Or if you've got this idea, just do it. Do whatever you can to make it work. You know.
1: And and in particular for your 20-year-old self? Was there anything, or just before you started this show, was there anything that you would do differently?
0: Yes, so many things. But, I mean, I was quite self-conscious when I was younger. I really was... I really believed that you had to be the slimmest and the most beautiful and wear makeup and do this and that. And by the time... I'm glad that I... By the time I was on television with my own show, I had done so much internal work that I that I had unconditional love for myself and didn't put those conditions on myself. I was a lot more comfortable in my own skin and in just me being me. So I'm glad that I started the TV show when I did because had I have started it when I was younger, it would, have been, it would have been different. And I... Yeah, I was just so much more comfortable. So to my younger self, I say to you, don't worry about what other, other people think. Just be fit and healthy and just you be you. You don't have to fit into someone else's idea of this or that, you know. Um, don't compare yourself to anyone but yourself.
1: Yeah, that's neat. I think particularly for well, I guess guys and girls, but the pressure on society is looking mm. like, hey, conditioned. Mm. And until you have someone that, maybe it's a life coach, maybe it's a friend, maybe it's someone that says, you know, yeah, you're unique, keep doing what you're doing, Yeah. however you learn or produce your work. Or, um, that's great. We're going to start to wrap it up. You've uh, gotten
0: really deep today. I don't I normally know. get this deep in this interviews, Doug. You've where, just drawn it straight <laughs> out of me.
1: This is the good well, this is the good stuff because you talk to <laughs> no one re- like really leads on like how they live life it's like this is the image they put out but
0: normally we don't talk about me in depth like this normally it's like talking about the show and the fashion stuff yeah. so it's quite different for me this is probably the first interview I've had that we actually go deep into like my spirituality which is which is a nice um, side of myself I don't I don't mind sharing from time to time mm. yeah
1: one on the people who are keen fishermen, is there a favourite recipe or... Um...
0: Honestly, I just, I love raw fish. Yeah. I love raw fish. I just love fish that... You, and you, you can do it with almost almost any fish. You just cut it into long thin strips, marinate it in lemon and lime juice for half an hour, drain it off, add coconut cream, some chilies, some red capsicum, um some avocado, just some spring onions and just eat it <laughs> salt and pepper really basic absolutely delicious yeah and yeah. it's fresh caught. <laughs> fresh caught, and it's gluten-free dairy-free everything free you know
1: and That's... um is there a, have you a favorite fruit or vegetable too
0: mm, i love i've got a dangerous love affair with avocados my family yeah. have, a, have an orchard down and they have plenty on Motere Island. So honestly, we used to just camp out there and oh, roll wow. out of your tent and just grab one off the ground and start eating it. It was just, yeah. So, oh, yeah. um, And, those. um,
1: and any favourite books or movies or documentaries?
0: Um, Tools of Titans. Is a oh, you've enjoyed yeah. <laughs> pretty good book. Um, very inspiring I quite like that book Movies mm. I don't really watch a lot of Movies to be honest um. mm.
1: And uh, oh, I heard you into a couple of series though At the moment
0: Yeah I, I do actually I, I do quite like Bates Motel at the moment Bates Motel a... <laughs> Got nothing to do with fishing but <laughs> It's like a psychological thriller TV series
1: and, um, and what's your, is there a biggest failure as well?
0: Mm, biggest failure.
1: Has there been, has there been anything that was really challenging on the show where, you know, you, oh. you, you almost gave up or thought, or, you know, as it going yep. out filming an episode and all the money doesn't come through or the fish don't show up and you got nothing to offer? Or oh, absolutely.
0: It so many times there in season 1 that was the hardest the hardest is just getting going like you know in season 1 i didn't i just had um my cameraman and the camera assistant i was doing all the fishing gear getting the boat ready washing the boat down doing the research planning the trip booking the accommodation cooking all the food presenting the show doing the accounts organizing sponsorship Literally everything except for filming and producing the actual episodes. I did everything and I did it to sort of prove it to myself but man, there were some teary moments. Sometimes I'll watch the show and go just before we filmed that I was crying. (laughs) Just before I filmed that I had to have a, you know, an ice cold wine just to (laughs) um, take the edge off because I was actually pretty stressed but not very often though, like it's not you know, I don't know, it's, there's been some huge learnings, you know, and a lot of those learnings is about having the right people around you, people that are down to earth and genuine and, and are, are truly there to support you and want to see the best for you, um, but yeah, there's a lot of days where we go out and we don't catch any fish, mm-hmm. every single fishing show gets that. And if you think that they don't, they do. (laughs) It is just the good and the bad that you've got to take with the balance, you know. It's just... But those days that you catch nothing make those days that you do catch something feel better. And you still just maintain your gratefulness throughout all of it. That's the key, you know. And just Mm. don't lose faith.
1: And if, like, animal agriculture and fishing industries and like we're so isolated in New Zealand maybe, but is there some things you'd like to change? Or you see, a, is there anything that makes you really angry or that you see, because um, you're passionate about fishing and I'm mean, guessing you, you catch and release a lot of stuff and the stuff you do catch, you fill it and you have eat yourself. And like in terms of sustainability, recreational fishermen are kind of as sustainable as you're gonna get is it, in terms of fishing. But are there, are there things around fishing or in life that that you want to change or that you see need to be addressed?
0: Oh, there's so many things. There are so many things, and that is a whole nother podcast. But just in short, I don't like to see fish wasted. I don't like to see our fishery deplete the way that it's going. I don't like to, you know, I fish in a lot of areas consistently, so I'll go there one week and there'll be a an abundant bait supply and then you'll see the persane se netters coming in and then you go there the next week and you can't even catch bait you know that saddens me that makes me really upset um I want to do more about that um I'm not really sure how to be honest because um it's a very complex issue and you know it's very political it's um but but it's all in all I don't like to see our fisheries Get depleted like that, and I'm not a fan of wasting fish. I don't freeze snapper or any white fleshed fish. I'll freeze a marlin. I'll smoke a marlin and freeze it, or a swordfish, and I'll vacuum pack it and I'll share it with my friends and my family and my sponsors and my neighbors and people that don't get to enjoy that fish often. I enjoy sharing, but with, for example, snapper, I'll go out and catch a feed of snapper. And if I can't eat it, I'm not going to freeze it for later. I will give it to people around me so they can enjoy it fresh. Um, but I, fish will never be wasted when it comes to me. You know, we, we just don't. You know, my auntie Gail down in Tauranga, she's like my mum. She, you know, she makes a, a bone broth, like a fish broth with the frames and makes a seafood mornay. And, you know, like it's, so once you've used the fillets, there's so much more to it. And then, you know, I've just started getting into mounting snapper jaws. Like you may have seen the one out there. You know, you once you've used the flesh of the fish, you can then bake the head. And once you've eaten the delicious cheekbones of the fish, you can t- pull out the jaw. And then you can go through the mounting process where you, um, you know, you scrub it and you get it clean. And then you glue all the bits together and with your ADOS. <laughs> and um, it's one of those things, you know, there's just... So many different ways, you know, you can put the frames into your garden and, you know, and that's, you know, beautiful nutrients for your garden that helps that grow. And there's just so much that you can do. There's so much more that we do these days than just eat a fish, you know.
1: Because someone who just buys it from the supermarket and, or frozen in the, I guess them getting out of fishing and experiencing it themselves, if they want to eat fish might be a nice way to...
0: Oh, I mean... Absolutely, but at the end of the day, not everyone is able to do that, Mm -hmm. either physically or financially, or maybe they're not close enough to a particular area that, you know, has abundant fishing or whatever. But, you know, so each to their own, you know. um, But, yeah, I mean, I do walk past the fish in the supermarkets and I go, wow, because the price is just hectic, you know.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's amazing the world to burn it is. for it too and, and
0: You know, you look at like crayfish look like in
1: the future. Yeah.
0: Like crayfish. You know, a live crayfish, I don't even know how much they cost these days, but once a past were like hundred and twenty dollars. I like, was thinking, wow, you could just jump in the water and grab one, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, there's a lot more to it, I guess. But I do I do think people should get out there, turn your phone off and hit the water more often. It's good for your soul.
1: And uh, if there was if you were one fish or one animal, like a spirit animal or fish? What would you would you be?
0: Oh, I don't know. I think I quite like to be a a marlin because they're beautiful, mm. and just the way that they just come in and round up the bait and it's very exciting. It's so exciting to watch. Marlin are just wicked animals.
1: And the colors of them in the water. Oh, just, just
0: lit up. Yeah. You know, and you know we've got footage. Of Marlin chasing our lures. Our red girl lures. And we've, we've got like a troll pro camera. And the camera is sitting directly in front of the lure that we're trolling along. And this Marlin just comes up. Up. At the lure. Now for that Marlin to do that. It must have calculated to perfection. That it needs to travel at this speed. And come up. So if your lure is coming along like this. I know you can't see me because we're doing a podcast. But... Just imagine that Ilu is swimming along and Milo has to go ahead of it to know that it's gonna to have to come up and hit it, like T-bone it at a perfect time. I mean that's that's skill. You know? They're they're incredible creatures.
1: Mm. Um and and if people are obviously interested in the show now and what you're doing, where can they get hold of you or follow you or
0: Yeah so Basically, uh, just follow us on social media to keep up to date with what we're up to. The Facebook page is ADOS Addicted to Fishing. And we have a YouTube channel so you can watch all our previous episodes for free. We've got like 40, 48 or 50 episodes on there from season. Oh, we will, we will do soon. We've got, uh, we've got 39 episodes available on our YouTube channel now. But once we upload this next season, there'll be a lot more. And we start again, five p.m. Saturdays on Prime, very soon. I'm not allowed to say when, <laughs> but it's it's coming. It's in the next next little while. So
1: beautiful. Till then, they can. Uh, well, I guess they'll be listening to this already. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um. Oh, thanks so much for sharing, Nikki. It's a it's a real treat to. Yeah, what you're doing and your energy and, and sharing your insights, I think it'll, it'll help it's helped me and I'm sure it'll help many people, so Thank you. Appreciate the time.
0: No worries. We have to get you out for a fish dive.
1: Yeah, no for sure. The spear diving <laughs> I wanted to get into actually just looking around. Spear fishing, yeah, it's pretty yeah, cool. Looking around the water, so that'll be neat to we'll lock that in for sure. Mm, absolutely. Beautiful. All right. More fish in the sea. More Mm. opportunity.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, thanks for having me, Doug. It's awesome.
1: No, you're awesome, Nikki. That was awesome, wasn't it? What a fishing fairy tale. really was a fairy tale story. Life is a fairy tale. We kind of... uh, We are what we believe. A few... We kind of have an emotional home uh, in terms of our life beliefs that we come back to so if you believe life's a fairy tale it will be if you believe things keep happening for you they will do and uh and conversely (laughs) you know some people are always angry or unhappy hopefully you're not one of them or maybe this can inspire you to turn it around so thank you so much to Nikki for sharing her story and her insights into what's kind of helped her in life and hopefully it's helped you too and um, any feedback, the best feedback or, or, or thank you is to leave feedback or review or to share it with friends. If it's helped you, it could help someone else. Um, if you like doing that, wonderful, much appreciated and um, just a joy to have you tuning in and as I mentioned, uh, increasing the quality and quality and content is my focus so that it can help you and uh, make it a more enjoyable show so apologies for the audio not quite being right we'll get it right though and uh, have a beautiful day wherever you are start manifesting some goals write it down everywhere anywhere you can why not well maybe if it's permanent marker and it's not your walls that's probably a good reason to kind of maybe do it on a piece of paper instead but it really does work and uh, hopefully it works for you too so think less experience more here's franco again and uh, i look forward to having you tune in so. and there's always hope you don't